Amen. Turn with me in, um, in your Bibles to Exodus chapter number 4, if you would. Book of Exodus chapter 4. Um, I'm going to read the first 17 verses um, of the passage, and uh, I've entitled the message tonight, Excuses, Excuses. We have verse number 1 of Exodus 4. It says, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of, your, of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. And the Lord said furthermore unto him, Put now thine hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom. And when he took it out, uh, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, Put thine hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again and plucked it out of his bosom. And behold, it was turned again as other flesh. And it shall come to pass, um, if they will not believe thee, Neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice, that thou shalt take of the water of the river, and pour it upon the dry land. And the water um, which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who, hath ma or who maketh the dumb or deaf? Or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled, against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee, and when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him, and put words in his mouth, and I will be um, with thy mouth, and with his mouth, and will teach you what ye shall do. And, ye shall be, and he shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and um, he shall be, and even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. And thou shalt take this rod in thine hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. The rest of the account goes on. Moses goes back to his father-in-law Jethro and, and tells him of, of what God has called him to do, to go in, to Egypt and lead the Hebrews out of the Egyptian bondage. And... Uh, and what God had called Moses to do, he did it. Reluctantly, he didn't do it enthusiastically at first, but he obeyed God. He offered some excuses. 
God offered some answers during that time. What is your excuse tonight? Let's open with the, the word of prayer. Lord, I come before you, and Lord, no doubt many um, offer excuses for why they cannot do what you've called them to do, or excuses for um, why they've sinned against you. And Lord, I pray that looking at, the, at this account from, um, of Moses and his excuses, that uh, we would learn from that, and that instead of uh, making excuses, instead we take some steps of faith. I'm asking you please bless the message tonight. We love you, just don't pray. Amen. Um, if you spent any time at Fellowship Baptist School, then you would have heard Brother K say this phrase. Excuses are like armpits. Everyone's got a couple of them, and most generally they stink. I don't know how many times I heard Brother K say that, um, through 13 years of going through the Christian school. Um, the excuses that some people give for different things can be very humorous um, at times. Here are some actual excuses. Uh, they were on the internet, so they have to be true. Uh, that parents use for keeping their kids out of class, out of school. And the spelling has been, these are exactly how they were written, so some of the Sentences, there's spelling errors and grammatical errors. Um, that's not my fault. That's because that's what they said. It says, my son is under a doctor's care and should not take P.E. today. Please execute him. <laughs> As opposed to excuse him. Please excuse Lisa for being absent. She was sick and I had her shot. <laughs> I like this one. Dear school. Please excuse John being absent on January 28th, 29th, 30, 31, 32, and also 33. Please excuse Jerry from gym today. Yesterday he fell out of a tree and misplaced his hip. I don't know how old Jerry was. Uh, please excuse Sally from school next Friday. We have to attend her funeral. Uh, please excuse Gloria from gym today, spelled J-I-M. Uh, <laughs> she is administrating. Um, a couple of these I thought about taking out, but I was like, we're all adults in here, so. Um, John has been absent because he had two teeth taken out of his face. Um, Carlos was absent yesterday because he was playing football. <laughs> he was hurt in the growing part. Pastor's probably going to say, let's, uh, we'll see. <laughs> let's get through them all first. Uh, please excuse Ray Friday from school. He, uh, he has very loose vowels. Please excuse Pedro for being absent yesterday. He had diarrhea, diarrhea, diarrhea. They just, they just quit trying and said he had the rhymes. <laughs> quit trying to spell diarrhea. Please excuse Jimmy for being. It was his father's fault. I kept Susan home because she had to go Christmas shopping, because I didn't know what size she wears. <laughs> Couldn't ask her, I guess. Uh, please excuse Jason for being absent yesterday. He had a cold and could not breed well. <laughs> and my personal favorite, uh, please excuse Jennifer for missing school yesterday. We forgot to get the Sunday paper off the porch, and when we found it on Monday, we thought it was Sunday. <laughs> 
some of the excuses that, that people have, <laughs> that's not even all of them. I kept some out that, that were on this list that I found. Um, <laughs> um, all of us, we have our, we have our own excuses. Um, we come up with excuses for why we can't do things that we're supposed to do when we don't want to do them. And, and when we, um, we want to do something, then we can find an excuse to do it um, pretty easily. Um, you're all here at church this evening on a Wednesday night, so I'm glad you didn't come up with an excuse to miss church on a Wednesday night. There might have been quite a few who aren't here because they found some excuse. Uh, for not being here um, tonight. I don't have to go into detail of, of what an excuse is. Um, pretty self-explanatory by the, um, uh, by the screen. Uh, but Moses, in this chapter, in this account, he came up with some excuses of why he couldn't do what God had called him to do. Uh, God had called him to deliver the nation of Israel the, the Hebrews from Egyptian bondage, um, and Moses. And when God went to Moses, Moses had some excuses. God, would you please excuse me? I, I really can't. I, I don't know if I'm the right man for the job. Surely there's somebody else that you could ask um, to be the leader here. Um, it's not like God expected Moses to be adequate for this task in and of himself. It's not like uh, Moses had the skills necessary to deliver Israel, and, and God was simply sending Moses and said, hey Moses, go get the, go use whatever skills you have, uh, do whatever's necessary to get the Hebrews out of Egyptian bondage. Uh, when you stop and think about it, Moses actually had a right assessment um, of the situation when he said, who am I? In verse number one, um, this was a very humble question. Um, there would be a little bit greater concern if, if Moses would have went the opposite direction and Moses would have said, um, sure, God, I knew that you were going to ask me sometime. I'm so glad that you finally um, asked me. I'm the right man for the job. I've been waiting for this for 40 years. I've been out here and I've been waiting for you to call on me. Um, I'm, I'm the right guy for the job. Uh, instead, Moses looked at the situation, and, and, and he said, uh, God, I don't know if I can do this. Uh, it's not like he could just show up to Pharaoh and, say, and intimidate Pharaoh or threaten Pharaoh and say, Pharaoh, let my people go, or we're going to revolt. He couldn't go to Pharaoh and say, hey, Pharaoh, hey, I'm going to pay you for all of these slaves. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compensate you. He didn't have the, that type of, of, those types of resources. He couldn't go to um, Pharaoh and, um, and, and try to pull some strings and, and, and try to blackmail Pharaoh or try to fool him um, into letting the people go. He couldn't go and, and say, hey, Pharaoh, I would really like it if you let the people go. I promise I'll take care of them. I promise I'll feed them. I promise they'll be, they'll be clothed and well taken care of. You don't have to worry about any of that. Just let them go and I'll take care of them. Mo Pharaoh wasn't uh, concerned about any of that stuff. 
Moses was exactly right. There was nothing that he could do to deliver the nation of Israel. He had the right assessment, but he came to the wrong conclusion. You see, he looked at it, he said, I'm inadequate, therefore I can't. And he began to make excuses. He began to tell God, these are the reasons why I'm not the man for the job. These are the reasons why I can't um, be the one. God called Moses to this task, and he said, Moses said, they're not going to believe me. They're, they're not going to listen to me. They're not going to hearken to my voice. Um, surely there's somebody else that you could send, God. Moses protested, protested here in chapter 4 that he wasn't the right man for the job, that the Hebrews wouldn't believe that God had spoken to him, or that God called him to lead them out of Egypt. you got to think about what God had just told Moses back in chapter number 3. Um, God had come to Moses through the burning bush and, uh, and told him that he was going to be a success. If you look back at verse number, uh, chapter number 3, God told Moses exactly what was going to happen. He told Moses, Moses, you're going to lead the, um, the nation of Israel out of the land. At first, Pharaoh is going to tell you no, but I'm going to stretch forth my, um, I'm going to stretch forth my hand on the nation, on the land of Egypt, uh, and I'm going to uh, strike them with wonders, and Pharaoh's going to let you go, and, and you're going to lead them back to this land, back to that very mountain that Moses was standing on, talking to God, Mount Horeb. He said, you're going to worship me right back here. Um, he said, go. Tell them that Yahweh sent you. Tell them that Jehovah sent you. Tell them that the I Am sent you. Tell them that I'm, that I'm ready to fulfill my promise to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and I'm going to lead them to the promised land. Um, God even told Moses, hey, you're not, they're not even going to leave as a poor people. When they leave, I'm going to make sure that the people find favor with the, with the Egyptians, and uh, they're going to spoil the Egyptians. They're going to get gold and silver and raiment. You're not going to, they're not even going to leave empty-handed, Moses. God promised success to Moses. Uh, when I think of this, I, I think of uh, a situation of maybe you, when you, your kids are scared of the dark. Perhaps you, you know, you've kind of gone through that stage. My, my middle son, Landon, he's four years old, um, and he's scared of the dark at times. Um, he's kind of a sensitive kid, at and sometimes, not all the time, uh, but sometimes he's scared of the dark. And we'll take him to bed, and, um, and he'll say, Daddy, I'm scared of the dark. And I say, what are you, and I'll talk to him, I'll say, what are you scared of? And... Uh, you know, I say, the, 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 doors are, the windows are latched, and the doors are locked. And he said, I'm scared of the bad guy. Bad guys are going to come in. And, and I said, there's no bad guys. I look underneath the bed. I say, see, there's no bad guys. And I, I open the closet door. There's nothing in there. And I said, plus your brother's in here. Nothing's going to happen. Um, you're okay, and you got your nightlight on. And, and he'll say, Daddy, is the, is the bathroom light on? Make sure the bathroom light's on in case he has to get up. And I said, yeah, the bathroom light's on. And, and I'm talking to him, trying to get him to calm down. And right about the time, I think I got him. I, I turn to, to, I tell him good night one more time. I turn to walk out. He says, Daddy, I'm scared of the dark still. 
And I think that's kind of where Moses was, where, where he told God, God, I can't do this. I can't lead the people. And so God gave him a little bit of a pep talk. He said, Moses, you're going to be successful. Yeah, Pharaoh's going to say no, but then I'm going to stretch forth my hand. I'm going to strike the land of Egypt, and you're going to get out of there, and the people are going to get out um, with their hands full of gold and silver and raiment. Um, you're going to be successful. You're going to come back to the land, uh, to this mountain, and you're going to worship me back to the promised land. But then as soon as he kind of stopped talking, Moses said, But God, I can't, they're not going to listen to me. Once again, God, now I still don't know if this is going to work. God, I still don't know if they're going to listen. I still don't know if they're going to follow me. Uh, where is Moses' focus? His focus was on himself. His focus was, hey, they're not going to believe me. They're not going to listen to me. It wasn't about Moses. It was about God and about what God would do through Moses. It was about what, 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 how God would use him to lead the nation of Israel. He needed to get his eyes off of himself and onto God, and onto God's power, and onto God's abilities of what God would do in his life. So God asked him in verse number 2, he said, what is in thine hand? And sure, Moses looked at it, and looked back at the burning bush, and said, a rod? He said, Take that, throw that rod down on the ground. This would have been a, like a walking stick kind of deal. They, um, it was very common for um, the men in that day to be carrying this rod and um, use it for, you know, walking stability through the mountainous areas, especially as a shepherd. Um, he'd use it as protection in case he was attacked by, or his flock was attacked by wild animals or, um, um, or some thieves or something. And he dropped his rod on the ground. Immediately it turned into a serpent. And Moses did what every sane person would do. And he ran. He got out of there. So that he fled from before the serpent. Uh, I would have fled also. I would have probably screamed and um, got out of there as quick, got as far away from that snake as I could. I hate snakes. Um, I don't like them. I, I don't mind looking at them like when they're inside the glass case. I go to the zoo and my kids love to, my boys love to look at the snakes. My wife stays outside of that building. She doesn't want to go in there. Um, but I'll go in there with the boys, and, and we'll look at the big snakes and the colorful snakes, and, um, and, and that's fine. But if they're outside on the other side of that glass or that side of the cage, I ain't going anywhere near. No way. I don't care if it's a gardener snake or if it's an anaconda or a, a spitting cobra, uh, my son's favorite snake. No way, Jose. I, I, no way. I'm not getting anywhere near it. And um, Moses got away, and... Uh, and I, I was thought about this a, a while back. Um, somebody shared a picture on Facebook of me and Tyler and my sister and TJ when we were young kids um, and a couple other um, uh, people. And, uh, and there was a snake. Tyler and TJ were holding a snake. It was resting on Tyler's shoulder and resting on TJ's. TJ had the tail and Tyler had the head. And... I was in the front, in my face. I looked scared. And I don't know what, how they got me in that picture. I don't know how Tyler held that thing. <laughs> no joke. Uh, I, I don't know where this picture was from, but um, there's no possible way um, I would come anywhere near that now. And um, God told Moses, 
hey, Moses, reach down and pick up that snake. Uh-uh. <laughs> no way. He, he said, not only pick it up, pick it up by its tail. And absolutely, it's dumb. And Moses did it. And Moses reached down and grabbed it. As soon as he grabbed it, the snake turned back into a rod. Uh, I don't know why. Or, you know, it's like, why would God have had him do this? Was God trying to scare us? Was God trying to, to do a cool trick? What was God's point here? Um, it was, he, God was using this as a sign. He was using, he was using this as a sign to, to show Moses his power. See, this God, Moses was going to be going to Egypt, and, and the serpent, the snake um, in Egypt was a sign of power was a sign of strength. Um, if you think back, you look back at uh, you know, ancient Egypt and the headdress that they would have worn, there's always a cobra on there. There's always a snake on there. They, um, they um, held the snake, the serpent, in very high regard. They worshipped that serpent, worshipped that snake. And, and in, doing, in, in God changing the rod into a serpent, and then having Moses reach down and grab the serpent, not only just grabbing it, but carelessly, recklessly, showing no consideration for the, for the danger that is there by grabbing it by its tail, God was showing Moses his power. His power over the serpent. His power over the false gods of, of the Egyptians. And God told Moses, hey, when you go to Egypt, and they're, they're not listening to you. You know, he said in verse number one, they're not going to listen to me. They're not going to believe me. He said, hey, if they don't listen to you, perform, do this sign. And it would be a sign unto them that God is more powerful than the gods of the Egyptians. God told them, hey, put your hand into your bosom. He said, put your hand into your coat. Um, hide it into your coat uh, um, on your chest and so Moses did that, and he pulled his hand out. When he pulled his hand out, it was leprous, the Bible says. It had leprosy on his hand. Um, leprosy, many of you would know, is a, a skin disease, a very deadly, debilitating disease that would eat away the flesh. Um, it would manifest itself in, um, in, in a whiteness of the skin. And if Moses wasn't scared when he... The, the rod was turned to a serpent. Certainly he would have been scared when he pulled his hand out and his hand was leprous. Surprised he didn't have a heart attack. Uh, pulled his hand out and his, and his hand has leprosy on it. And God is using it as a sign. Said, hey Moses, I have the power over this disease. I can strike people with this type of disease. And he said, put your hand back into your bosom. And he put it back into his coat. And when he pulled it back out again, his hand was, his hand was healed. Back to normal flesh. and God was telling Moses, Moses, not only do I have the power to inflict this disease onto people, but I have the power to cure this disease. God told Moses, Moses, hey, if they don't listen, if, they, if you perform the first sign of the rod and the serpent and they don't believe you, they still won't trust you, um, they still won't uh, believe that you, that, I, that you came from me, perform this sign, they'll listen to you. That if they still won't listen to you, if they still won't follow you, after you do this sign of a leper's hand, 
said, I want you to take water out of the river, the Nile River, and pour that water out onto the dry ground. And when you pour that water onto the dry ground, the water will turn to blood. What was his, what was his point in this sign? Well, another one of the gods that the Egyptians worshipped um, was in the Nile River. They um, worshipped the Nile River. Um, they believed that God, that a God manifested himself in the river and, and in nature. It's called pantheism. And uh, they held that river in high regard. It was, they relied on that river for life. It, you know, the river would overflow and would... Um, make their soil around the river soft and, and rich soil so that they can plant their crops. And whenever he changed that water into blood, he's once again showing his power over the gods of Egypt. And if he was able to show his power over the gods of Egypt, then he would, um, uh, in essence, showing the Egyptians, showing the, the, the people that God has power over Egypt. He has power over their gods. And God said, Moses, trust in the mighty power of God. I have power over the, the serpent, over the gods. I have power over, over sickness. I have power over the, over the other gods of the Nile River. What excuse does Moses have now not to follow God? His excuse was the people wouldn't believe or listen to him and God said, hey, if they don't listen to you, just perform these signs. Uh, he says, okay, you've given these signs, but somebody's going to have to explain them. And Moses said, I can't explain them. He says, I'm not adequate. Uh, I don't, I'm not eloquent. I don't have eloquent, eloquent speech. Look at verse number 10 there. He says, um, Moses said to him, Lord, oh my Lord, I am not eloquent. Neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Uh, Moses is saying this, God, I'm not going to be able to be persuasive. I'm not going to be able to persuade them. Um, even through these signs, I'm still going to have to talk. I'm still going to have to um, explain this. I'm still going to have to persuade them, and I'm not able to do that. Some would, would look at these verses, 10 through 17, and, and from that... Um, assume that Moses had a, uh, some type of speech impediment. Um, but in Acts chapter number 7, when Stephen was called before the council of scribes, um, Stephen talked about Moses. He's preaching, and in verse number 22, he said that Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. Moses was trained for the first 40 years of his life in the, um, by the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh. Um, I don't know that Moses had a speech impediment. I, think, I, I don't think that Moses was not trained in public speaking. He had that ability. But what he was saying here in, when he says eloquent means that, that he was not a man of words. He was not able to be persuasive. He wasn't going to be able to sweat, persuade them. Uh, he said, I'm slow of speech. He said, God, I haven't spoken the Egyptian language in, in years. Perhaps he hasn't spoken the Egyptian language since he left, and since he's been in Midian, and, um, and, he's, and, and perhaps he's telling God, God, it's going to take me some time to catch up on my Egyptian. 
going to take me some time to catch up on the language that is there. God, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I have that ability. I'm not adequate enough. Moses wasn't convinced. Uh, God said this. I said, Moses, who gave you the ability to speak? He said, who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb or deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? God said, Moses, I gave you the ability to speak in the first place, and I can give you the ability to speak again. I gave you the ability to talk, and, and I've given you this, and I can give it to you again. I can make you able to be persuasive. I can make you able to, to, to speak before Pharaoh and before the people. Moses isn't convinced. You'd think that after turning into a, the rod, into a serpent, and after his hand becoming leprous, and, and after um, God told him about the miracle that he'd perform with the Nile River, that he'd say, okay, God, I'm convinced. Um, you obviously have this power. You obviously have these abilities. I'm ready to go. Let's go lead your people out. But instead, he continues to think that he's unable. He says, but God, I don't speak good enough. I can't convince anybody to follow me. He's continuing to offer up excuses for why he can't follow God's call on his life. Moses finally just told God, send somebody else, please. Verse 13, it says, and he said, oh O oh my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. Say, God, please, just send whoever you want to send. Just don't let it be me. Please, just send somebody else. He finally just simply tells you, I don't want to do this. Send somebody else, please. In verse number 14, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Um, God got fired up. That's what the word kindled means means that, uh, that um, he w- his anger was burning hot. I don't know about you, um, I wouldn't want to make God burning hot mad. Um, I try to avoid making my own father burning hot mad. would hate to see what God was capable of at this time. And, and he got so frustrated at this point with Moses and and he said, and he, and, he, and he responds to him, he said, hey, isn't Aaron the Levite your brother? I know he can speak well. He said, he's on his way here right now, Moses. He can go with you, and he can speak to the Egyptians for you. You don't think that you're able to speak to Pharaoh. I'll speak to you, you speak to Aaron, and Aaron will, will convey the message. Aaron will be your spokesperson. Aaron will be your mouthpiece. We see here, uh, you know, just a glimpse of God's providence. God understood that, God knew beforehand that this was going to happen, that Moses was going to uh, uh, be unwilling to go. And, and so God laid it on, on Aaron's heart to, to come and meet his brother. And um, God sent Moses and Aaron. Moses finally said, okay, God, I'll go with Aaron. Um, and if we know that through the end of the story, Moses did all the talking. Uh, through, through all the conversation between Moses and Pharaoh and Moses and the people, um, Aaron was there, but Aaron did not do the speaking. God did 
the speaking, or Moses did the speaking. And isn't that so oftentimes how it goes? Somebody says, hey, I'm not able to speak. I'm not able to do that. I'm not able to teach. I'm not able to preach. Uh, but God, if, if that's what you want me to do, I'll, I'll sure give it a try. And the first time they step before a class, or before time, the first time they step onto the platform, uh, they preach or they teach for about five minutes, maybe ten, and then they're thinking, what am I going to do for another 20 or 30 minutes? But over time of experience and, and allowing God to work in their life and, and, and getting God's power, pretty soon they're preaching and they're teaching and they're teaching a class every week and, and they're teaching children's church um, every month, no problem at all. And that's kind of what happened with Moses. Moses said, God, I'm not able to do that. Then when finally God, when finally Moses submitted himself after enough excuses, he did just fine. Um, here's what I see in this passage. Moses needed to stop making excuses because God's power and provision are more than sufficient for those he calls. Listen, Moses threw that rod down. God told Moses, Moses, throw that rod down. Now pick up that snake and see what my power can do. Put your hand in your coat. Take it out. I'll demonstrate my power through the leprosy. Moses didn't know everything that God was going to do through this journey. Moses didn't know that, that, that of all the plagues that God would instill upon the nation of Egypt. Moses didn't know that God would use him and use his staff to part the, the waters of the Red Sea at that time. Moses didn't know that, that God would use him and use, his, use that same rod to make water come out of a rock to feed the, the, the Hebrews. Moses didn't know that, that, that they would come alongside a, um, a body of water that was bitter and that was sour and, and um, through a miracle of God that the waters would be changed into sweet and drinkable waters. Um, Moses didn't know that God would use him and use that rod to stand on top of the mount with his arms raised up as long as his arms raised and his staff was in the air that his people would win the battles. Moses didn't know everything, all the power that God would instill through him for his people at the time. But God is telling Moses through these signs and through these circumstances, God is telling Moses, Moses, my power is going to be enough. My provision is going to be enough. Um, just drop the, the, uh, drop the excuses, quit making excuses and start obeying me. Stop making excuses of why you can't and simply rely on my power and rely on my provision to be enough, to be sufficient for you. Instead of offering excuses, Moses should have just taken steps of faith. My challenge for you tonight is to replace excuses with steps of faith. Which are you doing tonight? Are you making excuses for why you can't do what God has called you to do, or are you taking steps of faith? In faith that God's power and his provision is going to be sufficient for you. It's all right to recognize our inadequacies. Uh, it's all right to say, I'm inadequate. 
I lack wisdom. I lack knowledge. I lack maturity and boldness, God. I, I, I don't know if I'm adequate enough to accomplish what you've called me to do. Uh, it's, okay, it's okay to recognize those things. I think it would be good for us to recognize those weaknesses. Uh, but we're not just weak every now and then. We're, we're characteristically weak, sinful people. And because we're sinners, just like Moses, we can at times lose sight. Moses was just a regular guy, just like we are. Uh, we can't be too hard on Moses. He got a lot farther than a lot of us would have. I never would have picked up that snake. Um, can't be too hard on him, because we also make excuses, do we not, for why we can't do what God has called us to do. We're masters of making excuses. God, I would do that, but I got this going on. God, I know I should, and I know that you want me to, but isn't there somebody else that would be a little bit better at this? Isn't there somebody else that would be a better teacher, would be a better volunteer, or would get this done quicker or easier for them? We're prone to make excuses for why we can't do what God has called us to do. God may be calling you to step it up in a ministry. And, and what excuses are you using for why you can't do that? God, I, I can't work in children with children. I don't even like kids. I lack the patience to deal with kids. They're never going to listen to me. God, I can't stand in front of a class. I'd be way too nervous to stand up and teach a, um, a children's church or Sunday school class. God, if, if I served in that ministry then I'd have to be here early. Or I would have to stay later after service. God, I don't have time for that. My schedule is far, far too busy. God might prompt you to sit by a guest or make someone feel welcome that's by themselves. and You make excuses. Oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's not my personality. I'm not outgoing enough to do that. God, if I sit over there, then I won't be in my seat. This is my seat. And if I sit over there by that, by that new person, somebody else is going to sit in my seat. Oh, that's, those are some excuses that we oftentimes use, aren't they? When you have the opportunity to talk to somebody about the Lord or invite them to church, oh, we have our excuses ready. But, but God, what if they ask me something that I don't know? What if they ask me a question and I don't know the answer? What am I supposed to say then? God, what if, what if they tell me no? What if they get upset? What if they reject me? I, I don't know if I can handle that level of rejection. Maybe God has convicted you about your giving, your tithes or your offerings, your missions. You always have a good reason why you can't. Always have an excuse. God, this month just doesn't work out well. I'll try it next month. But God, this bill came up, and, and I've got this payment. God, God, I would, but... We come up with so many excuses. God, wouldn't someone else do a better job than me? Excuses, 
excuses. Make excuses for why we can't do what God has called us to do. We also make excuses why we disobey God's commandments. Well, see, I say those things out of habit. It's just a bad habit. That's all it is. It's not that big a deal. It's just a small habit. I'm, try- I'm working on it. I'm trying to get out of it. It's an excuse. Uh, I talk this way because it's just my personality. I'm just going to let people know how I feel. I'm just the kind of person that's going to let my emotions be known. That's, that's just the kind of person I am. That's just my personality. Well, I'm, I'm just an angry person. It runs in my family. There's nothing I can do about it. It's just how I've always been. It's how I've been raised. I can't help it. I'm a tired person. I need more sleep than the average person does. So it's hard for me to wake up early. But I don't have time to pray or to read. I, I have to get up so early to get ready for work, and as soon as I'm done with work, I, I, I've got to do, get the kids and do dinner and and, and, and by, before I know it, it's time to go to bed again. I'm just far too busy to spend time with God. The focus uh, in all of that is all wrong. Because the focus is all about ourselves. Just like Moses was focused on himself with his excuses, our excuses are always about ourselves. Excuses are focused on us. And we need to take the focus off of us and place it on God. He's the one who has called you. He's the one who will equip you. And he's the one who will give you the power to overcome those things in your life. If you stop making excuses for why you can't and start taking some steps of faith. God's not called you to do anything that you're not able to. You're not capable of doing. His power, His provision is more than enough, to, is more than sufficient for what God has called you to do. It's more than sufficient to overcome whatever sin might be in your life. When you take your focus off, off of yourself and place it on Him, take that step of faith. Rely on His power to gain victory in your life. So thankful that Moses moved past his excuses in obedience. As a result, we have the books of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. As a result, the nation of Israel left Egyptian bondage. As a result, they made their home in the land that God had promised unto them. They grew as a nation. And a baby was born. They called his name Jesus. He lived a perfect, sinless life. And he gave his life as a ransom for me and for you. He made salvation possible. As a result of Moses' obedience, getting past those excuses, obeying God, the whole world has been affected. He got past his excuses and was used by God in a great and mighty way. The entire book of Exodus shows all the great works, all the great wonders that God did through Moses. And I wonder tonight, who will be reached? Who will be impacted? Because some of God's people replaced excuses with steps of faith.
They quit coming up with excuses as to why they can't serve God. They quit coming up with excuses of why they keep giving in to sin, of why they're not better, or why they haven't improved, or why they're not growing in the relationship with God. And instead, some of God's people tonight put away the excuses and replace those with step of faith. Said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be obedient to God in this area. So I ask you, what, what has been your excuse? What excuses are you holding on to that are preventing you from taking that next step? That are preventing you from stepping it up? That are preventing you from putting away that sin behind you? Excuses, excuses. Put those away, replace them with a step of faith.